the message has been loud, clear, and consistent. We need to stay home. We need to wash our hands. We need to social distance. And we need to support our youth in staying home as well. No means no. That was Marion Crow, and this is the Akamemuk Podcast. I'm Perry Belgard, National Chief. Welcome to the first episode of the Akamemuk Podcast. Akamemuk is Cree for you all persevere. In other words, keep going and don't give up. And on this podcast, we're going to be discussing leading issues facing First Nations peoples with top experts, with elders, and community leaders. Our topic today is an important one, the COVID-19 pandemic, and what can and is being done to minimize its impact on First Nations people and in First Nations communities. Our guest today is Marion Crow. She's a proud member of the Piapot First Nations Treaty 4 Territory, Saskatchewan, Canada. She's Chief Executive Officer for the First Nations Health Managers Association, and she also sits on the Board of Directors for the Ottawa Hospital. Thanks, Marion, and thanks for being with us today. Conseil National Chief, thanks for having me. Okay, so for our listeners who may not know anything about First Nations Health Managers Association, tell us about your organization. The First Nation Health Managers Association is a national not-for-profit association exclusively serving our health directors and managers in First Nations with a certification and professional development uh, process. And so what is your organization finding overall in terms of the impact of COVID-19 on First Nations? Well, the First Nation Health Managers Association, FNHMA, is doing a number of things in response to COVID-19. We've just uh, reported today that uh, there are 25 positive COVID-19 in uh, First Nations. Overall, I think uh, what's important is that we continue to do the town hall sessions. And thank you, National Chief, for lending your voice to the very first one. We look forward to having you participate on a future town hall. Uh, The town halls are really addressing and working in partnership with all of the partners of FNHMA, specifically Indigenous Services Canada, to looking at getting credible messages and um, having an open Q&A for people who want to ask questions about COVID-19. Yeah, the town halls are an important tool for communicating, no question. Um, Who tracks the number of cases uh, in First Nations? You brought up there's 25. Who in particular, in your opinion, is or should be tracking the first the number of cases in First Nations territory? Well, all, all cases of COVID are reported to the public health units in each province. Indigenous Services Canada also receives the information in order to better coordinate responses to identified cases and provide preventable measures to others. Uh, we're currently working with our partners to receive data so we can target concentrated support to communities with reported cases as well. How do you think and how do you feel the federal government's responding to the COVID crisis uh, with respect to First Nations people? That's a great question. Everybody always wants to know what the government is doing. To date, I know the government has put forward a number of responses specifically to First Nations 
One, that all funding agreement activities in terms of accountability, such as reporting requirements, have been temporarily suspended. Uh, Indigenous Services Canada has also provided communities with the ability to reallocate funding, such as moving them into flexible agreements so that people aren't panicking about that March 31 spending that we were all used to. So those new agreements are in place. Of course, uh, there's the 305 million that's being distributed, uh, 215 mm -hmm. to First Nations, 45 for Inuit, 30 million for our Métis brothers and sisters. Yeah, no, the, the 305 mm -hmm. is uh, 215 million definitely for the 634 First Nations. And that money is going out. And in a lot of cases, it's already spent already. And of course, we're making the case that there's got to be a greater focus and more resources, financial resources to meet the needs that have been identified. Uh, it's 35 million for the Inuit, the ITK, and then 25 million for the MNC, the Métis peoples across Canada, and then 30 million for organizations across Canada as well. And uh, so that's the makeup of the 305. But it uh, again, um, and I'm glad you pointed that out, that the, the 215 is there for First Nations people. Uh, and, and as well, uh, the needs are so great already that there's already a push for more that's got to get out there now. Yes, absolutely. More resources are needed. And we're seeing that even our uh, urban Indigenous populations are also looking for funding as well, uh, more access to funding availability. There's also some very specific instances where the government is working. I'll look at Ontario region, specifically the First Nations and Inuit Health Branch. The regional office does a call with all leadership and is adding health directors to those calls. They take place every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. A shout out to, to TELUS um, and to Indigenous Health Today for stepping up to provide dedicated telephone lines, so that's 500 lines, so that they can facilitate those dialogues. Of course, the Prime Minister announced that military, the Northern Rangers are ready to be deployed. Um, Quebec has already asked for military support for Northern Quebec to screen for and minimize, of course, the transmission of COVID in these communities. And the other point uh, is that in-city, what I call to mainstream, they're already building off-site places to hold COVID-positive people. And we need to look at doing the same for First Nations, which the military could support in addressing um, any kind of mobile-type uh, shelters. Okay, good point. Can you um, tell us how your partnerships are, are playing into this uh, whole pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic crisis across Canada? Yeah, thank you, National Chief, for your leadership on this partnership. One of our strongest partnerships is with the Assembly of First Nations, working with your health team. We are working on a tool right now in our partnership that will provide a pandemic plan and emergency response template for First Nations to use that is appropriate in a language for us. So those are that's a very clear a partnership example that we can point to as a tool awesome. and resource. Okay. Now, are there any community health directors in your experience right across Canada that are doing a particular good job in, in the response and dealing with COVID-19? 
Absolutely, National Chief. We've heard a lot of good feedback from our partners in the regions who are saying there are health directors who are stepping up and shining. And to that end, we're actually going to invite some of those health directors to participate on our town halls so that they can share what's really working well for their communities. We already know that sovereignty is being exercised in terms of First Nations uh, to stop the spread of COVID by closing their borders to outside residents as well. So I appreciate that question. All right, Marion. Do you have any last thoughts on what more needs to be done by First Nations and our governments to help overcome this crisis? There's always more to be done. While we're thankful for the commitments that have been made by government, by private sector, the partnerships that are forming in terms of 3P partnerships, I think that we can look at addressing and going back to the truth and reconciliation calls to action, specifically pointing to 18 to 24, where we talk about health human resources, that they're indigenous, that we have a health system that's culturally aware and moving from cultural sensitivity to cultural humility and knowing about Canada's history. I think because it's worse in First Nation communities, because of some of the social determinants of health, lack of water, food security issues, the protective person, uh, the PPE, sanitizers, cleaners, all of the things that are needed so desperately right now, there's always a need for more. But I think we can all take part in working towards that closing the gap message in terms of reconciliation. The TRC has a guide for us when it comes to healthcare, and we need to be looking at it again. Yeah, that's a good point. I know um, we have 634 First Nations across Canada, but there's 96 fly-in communities, isolated communities, and they don't have a hospital per se in their community. They have a health clinic. And so we've always made the point that there's a need for masks and gloves and hand sanitizers, more testing kits. Uh, there's gonna be a, a huge need for uh, the surge more doctors, more nurses to go up there. And of course, uh, medivacs, getting people in and out, you know, that are sick as well. And then even simple things like food security, you know, when they run out of food at the, at the Northern store or the co-op, there's nowhere else to go. And, and so there's a combination of getting back out on the land to sustain, but as well having good food security in the North. So there's lots of, uh, of work that still needs to be done and, and focused efforts to make sure that First Nations people aren't forgotten as we go forward. So, Marion, I really want to thank you again for being with us on the on this podcast today and uh, really acknowledge you for all the good work that you're doing right across Canada. Thank you so much, National Chief. And again, thank you for your leadership. It's partnerships like the FNHMA and the Assembly of First Nations that support our frontline workers. And a huge thank you to all of the people serving in our First Nations across Turtle Island. We owe you a debt of gratitude. Okay, thanks again. That was Marion Crow. She's the Chief Executive Officer of the First Nations Health Managers Association. Thanks for listening to this first episode of the Akamemuk Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us on social media. And finally, 
I want to give a big shout out to the Red Dog Singers from the Treaty 4 Territory for providing the theme music for this podcast. Until next time, I'm Perry Belgard, National Chief. <laughs>